Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, on Monday, Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael and the Green Party formally agreed a coalition deal. document paves the way for an historic coalition and involves a rotating Taoiseach system. But the million-dollar question is, will the party members support it? As we wait to find out, Fine Gael TD and Minister of State at the Department of Finance and Department of Public Expenditure and Reform, Patrick O'Donovan, joins us on the line. Good morning to you, Minister. How are you? Morning, Julian. So, this programme for government... Is it going to be supported by the party members of Fine Gael? Well, first of all, look, Gillian, um, I, I just went ahead my my vice to yours there this morning at the top of the programme in relation to the, the death of the Garda there in County Roscommon. And you're absolutely right. We, we in this part of the world, uh, particularly remember um, the death of Jerry McCabe uh, in 1996. So look, my thoughts are with the families and the colleagues and um, the friends of that Garda in, in County Roscommon. Um so there, I suppose, look, from our, from our perspective, I think it's important to point out at the start that um, this is not an ideal scenario at all. Um, we wound up in a situation, uh, and I spoke to yourself and Joe immediately after the election, where there was an inconclusive result. And you essentially had three parties uh, tying for first place in an election um, that really, I suppose, was a, was in a different Ireland. So we... Um, you know, we we at the time as a party stood aside because it was very clear that people wanted us out. That was what we were being told. In the interim, there was a pandemic um, with the with the COVID nineteen, and then we said in the middle of that that it was important that we showed leadership because it didn't look like anybody else was going to. Uh, and we set out on a journey to farm um, a program for government, which uh, culminated on Monday with the publication of the document to there. So look, there are three parties that. And the other two have their own methodologies. And we started ours um, consulting our members at a national and local level um, through the negotiators. Uh, the first of the Facebook live events um, took place last night with Heather Humphreys. There's another one tonight with Pascal Donoghue for our members in Dublin. Um, I'll be doing my own um, consultation with our members in the Limerick County constituency. Uh, I met the Taoiseach yesterday to go through parts of the... Uh, program for government um, myself and the Taoiseach is meeting all the members of the, the parliamentary party um, to discuss the program for government and um, to see what areas that people would I suppose have concerns about going into for the next five years um, and we have a um, an electoral college process where uh, we have four distinct parts of the party we have um, our parliamentary party our national executive our councillors uh, and our party members uh, and all of their votes are important and we want to make sure that we get the maximum number of people to support the programme for government after it taking nearly six months to get to this stage. OK, but if somebody asked you a very short question, if you were to take a bet on it, will your party support it or not? What would you think? I think they will, okay. uh, because I think Fine Gael have always, since its foundation, uh, looking back over history, you know, it might not be necessarily um, a popular thing to do at a particular time, but we've always put the country first. And I think even after the pandemic, where we now are in a situation where there's... Right. Um, you know, unprecedented levels of unemployment. We have to get on a farm of government and, and provide stability. And the fact that you, young Fine Gael are not going to support it isn't really, is neither here nor there, according to you then? No, it's not neither here nor there. I'm a farmer president of Young Fine Gael. Mm. In fact, myself and the Taoiseach were members there together. So um, every member's opinion uh, counts and every member's opinion is it needs to be respected and reflected. Um, but um, having said all that, uh, the alternative is an election. Uh, and if one of the three parties... Which your party could do well out of. 
because you've had a bump in the polls. We've had, a, you know, opinion polls are a bit like the weather. And we had a lot of thunder and lightning the other night and we have a fine day today and it ch- they can change and they can change very fast. Um, and I think the opinion polls at the moment are reflective of the fact that we have done, I think, a fairly good job in leading the country through this unprecedented crisis. Um, but I think the most important thing in people's minds at the moment um, is first of all coming out of that crisis to be able to pay their mortgage, to be able yeah. to put their children to school, to be able to make sure that there's um, uh, enough of money in the state to, to keep the doors of the state open. And, and speaking that of that, future. Patrick, right? you're totally right. That is what, what <laughs> concerns people. Uh, Michael McGrath has said, Fianna Fáil's Michael McGrath, that there was an elephant in the room with all of this programme for government. We're making reference to that, that all of these promises that are in the programme for government really taking into account the fact that the whole thing has been turned upside down in the last three months because of the coronavirus and everything that we are going to have to spend to support the country getting through that. Yeah, I mean, I've said it before uh, to yourself and to Joe that like, if you take the, the, the three individual um, manifestos that were there prior to the election, you could thread them in and use them for kind of animal bedding because they, they're, they're irrelevant, they're redundant. Um, I mean, we, we are in economically a totally different place. We're now borrowing huge amounts of money. We are going to run a deficit of the order of €30 billion Euros at the end of the year when we had a surplus of a billion starting out. We have a half a million people that are unemployed. Um, you know, we have we have unprecedented problems, but we're not alone. There, Every other European Union country is in the same boat. But and none of that was taken into account when you, you drew up the programme for government, or was it? Was, it? <clears throat> it was, because the figures that are um, forecast by the Department of Finance take into consideration that next year we expect that there'll be there there about 6% growth. We're in a, a deflationary and a recessionary economy at the moment uh, where we have, um, you know, where growth rates are in recession. We expect to see growth rates um, progress next year and we expect to see uh, unemployment fall dramatically even in the next quarter where people go back to work and the pandemic unemployment payment um, people come off of it and where also the temporary wage subsidy scheme, they come off of it and where they come off of the live register. But at the end of the year, we're still expecting that there will be double-digit numbers of people unemployed. Um, a far cry from the 4%, which is full employment in statistical terms, where we started out at the start of the year. And remember, it took us from 2011 mm. to 2020 to get out of the last crisis. Yeah. And this is worse than the last crisis because I, w- I met um, my good friend, the former Minister for Finance, um, there recently. We were talking about it. And he said, you know, we have wound up in a situation where uh, it, it took three weeks to get us to a situation where it took three years to get us to before in terms of how the country's economy has contracted. Um, and those are fairly stark figures. Uh, so we can either um, provide leadership to the people now in terms of a blueprint to get on with um, delivering on economic goals that will put people back to work, or we can uh, procrastinate for a p- period longer and provide more uncertainty and uh, a greater level of risk to the country. And I don't think people want that. Uh, Patrick, there's a two-to-one split on public transport spending over new road infrastructure during the lifetime of the government. Does this threaten at all the proposed Limerick to Cork motorway? No, it doesn't, um, because in the National Development Plan, which is kind of the blueprint for which... uh, the spending is going to take place in capital funding over the next uh, number of years, which is €116 billion. Euros. Um, that division was already in place because you have some fairly substantial, um, large uh, public transport projects already included in the National Development Plan, like the Metro uh, in Dublin, the Underground uh, Railway, 
um, the electrification of some railways and then as well the purchase of um, bus fleets. So it's not really a, a, a major deviation at all. Did the Greens uh, try for any rollback on any of those well, projects? You're in a three-way uh, coalition uh, arrangement, so not everybody's going to get everything they look for. Um, but we um, specifically have pointed out to Taoiseach and the Minister for Finance around the record that the M20 is included in the National Development Plan, as is the um, road from Limerick to Fines, which includes the Adair Bypass, two projects that I've worked very hard for, and they're included and they're going to go ahead. They're in the planning stages. Um, they need to be done because they're going to open up this region for future development and that is a key cornerstone of the programme for government, the opening up um, of uh, regions. Also included in it is the ongoing maintenance of uh, our road network and I know there's some people, particularly uh, county councillors, that would have contacted me in advance if it were concerned about the maintenance of our road network because County Limerick has a huge amount of what are called secondary and tertiary roads that is a, a, that is a guaranteed to be continued on the current basis and increased depending on need. And there are other schemes as well that rural county Limerick has benefited from under this government, like the local improvement scheme, like CLAR, like rural development, um, like the urban regeneration, which the city has benefited from. Yeah. They're all going to continue. Yeah, and that brings me to a text that's come in from a listener on 0861239595 to say... £360 million is going to be spent every year on infrastructure for walking and cycling. What good is that to the people in rural Limerick where a good road is one that has only four potholes in it? Well, I'll tell you what it's good for. If you look at the greenway that's there from at the moment from Reckheel to Abbey Field, which is proposed to go on to Ballybunion, uh, I was the Minister for Tourism that proposed that it should go from Montpellier um, above Castle Connell and Loch Derg, the whole way to the county bounds, uh, which will provide um, a huge tourism infrastructure for County Limerick along the lines of what's available in the Watford Greenway. Uh, and I think that's an important piece of infrastructure. It could cross the city, come out through Mungret and go the whole way out Abbey Field. But that's going to need significant investment. It's going to need significant investment in terms of the feasibility study that's required and as well as that, um, the um, overlay that would be required, planning and construction. So um, if you look at it across the country, we're very fortunate that we have the bones of a cross-county greenway um, and I think other counties will be looking to do the same thing. But as well as that, if you talk to any county councillor um, that you'd have on your programme, whether they're from the city or the county, they will all tell you um, that one of the key demands that are in every uh, town and village in the country uh, is the provision of public lighting, the provision of curbing, the provision of traffic hamming, the provision of footpaths, um, things that will make our estate safer for children, for older people, for walkers, for people that push buggies, for people that are in uh, wheelchairs. And I don't think that that's necessarily a waste of money. I think that's good value for money. If you look at it over 26 counties and, and on will, an annual basis. Will Limerick see its fair share of that 360? Because I'm sure an awful lot of people think that that's going to go into providing cycle lanes for the commuters of Dublin. Well, if you look at what Limerick has achieved already over this government in terms of the investment that we have um, received, whether it is in relation to infrastructure for walking or for uh, cars or for... So you say uh, yes, basically. You're saying we're going to get our fair share of that. We've done more than our fair share already. If you look at the breakdown and it's available online as to how much money has gone into Limerick uh, across every scheme, whether it is in agriculture or whether it is in uh, road maintenance and road building. Limerick has done far better than most other counties because in fairness to our local authority, they have advanced schemes in terms of planning that allows when um, projects become available for money to be drawn down that the county is well placed 
to make sure that it is at the top of the queue. That's something that I've always advocated and it's something that I've pushed as a minister and something that I hope to continue to push. Okay, what else specifically is there for Limerick? Well, I think in relation to agriculture and people would have had particular concerns in relation to it. Our national herd is protected. Agriculture is a key uh, industry in County Limerick. There's also commitments in relation to the Ninth State Irrigation. There's commitments in relation to um, the development of small town and village sewerage schemes, something that I've pushed for that hasn't been there previously. The National Broadband Plan, and there's an awful lot of your listeners who are working from home in this pandemic that will ring my office and other offices saying that they can't get it. That's protected. Um, so there, there, are, there are projects across the city and the county but that are going to be kept, including specific references, for instance, into the industrial um, potential of the Shannon Estuary from Tarbert up to Limerick City, something that hasn't been recognised by any government before and something that this government is recognising. Yeah, but you, the battle over the LNG plant was lost, it seems. Well, LNG is is unfortunate, there's no doubt about it, and I'm, be, I'm on the record of saying it, but Ireland banned the fracking of gas um, through a bill that my colleague Tony McLaughlin, Fine Gael TD for Sligo, introduced. Um, LNG would have required uh, and would have been um, expected to import large amounts of fracked gas. And as the Taoiseach said to me yesterday, he understood the... The fact that I was disappointed that wasn't going ahead. But as he said to me, if we're not fracking gas in Ireland, is it appropriate that we, we should ask some other country to frack gas so that we could import it in here? Um, but we are building an interconnector from Ireland uh, to France that will import electricity so that our energy requirements will be met. And we're also going to increase dramatically the amount of uh, offshore wind that will allow, for instance, the port of fines, uh, which has led the... Um, in, uh, way in terms of the importation of windmills and the development of the wind energy sector, it will allow particularly the Shannon Fines Port Company to play an even bigger role in the development of our offshore and our onshore wind, something okay. that I think Limerick can take the lead in. F- finally, um, just want to ask you, will Limerick have uh, somebody sitting at the Cabinet table in the next government? Well, I said to Joe the last time I was in the studio, it should always have somebody. I mean, we had two in Jan O'Sullivan and Michael Noonan's time. Um, but uh, look, we're in a three-way uh, um, division of uh, ministries in this in this uh, government. If it's if it's passed, and there's a, a lot one big hurdle for this to pass. Um, so my views in that are always clear. I think there should be. Okay. But if I, I a, asked the other three that were on it the other day. We asked Niall Collins, Kieran O'Donnell, and Brian Ledden, and they all told us which portfolio they'd they'd prefer if they were to be offered a seat. Um, so I'm going to ask you the same question. Which one would you like? Well, first of all, I'd like to serve in government because I've served as a Minister of State. Um, But I think that in the development of infrastructure, particularly given the fact that I've served in the Department of Transport, uh, is something that I would like to be able to add my experience to. And I think particularly uh, the rollout of the two motorways that are critical for the development of Limerick and the county and the region, um, together with our port, uh, is something that I think that... uh, is an area that I have a lot of uh, experience in and is something that I think I would have something to offer to. Interesting. That's uh, the portfolio Brian Ledden wanted as well was Minister for Transport. So you might have to fight the t- between the two of you for it. Although I, know, I do know it comes down to the Taoiseach at the end of the day. And it comes down to the numbers at the end of the day, Gillian. And, you know, anyone that will tell you otherwise. And, you know, any backbencher that will tell you, ah, oh, well, look, I don't really want to serve in government. I wonder why they're there in the first place. And any minister of state who doesn't want to be a minister. So, look... Everybody wants to be able to be at the table because that's what we all get elected for. But there will be, there's undoubtedly people that are going to be disappointed and I could very well be and I probably will be one of them myself. Okay, well, we'll keep our fingers crossed for for Limerick anyway and hopefully that Limerick will get a representative at that table. Thanks very much for joining us on the programme this this morning, Minister of State, Patrick O'Donovan. 
Call Limerick today now on 461995.